Let's spell a song so you can sing along with my special guest star two. You like to sing and dance, and this podcast by chance explores musicals for you. everyone, welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song, a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals. I'm your host, John, and with me today is a returning guest. He talked about Michael Carrington's butt a lot last time, but today he's here talking about something different. It's Tyler Henry, everyone! Woo! Well, hello! Thank you so much for having me back. I'm very, very excited. And I gotta say... About fucking time we're about we're doing this movie because we're here today yes. to talk about the 1979 controversial Ooh. hair. Yeah, we'll get into that in a second. But first, the screenplay for this movie is by Michael Weller. The book and lyrics are by Jerome Ragney and James Rado. Uh, music by Galt McDermott. McDermott. I'm mm-hmm. messing up all these names, everyone. Yeah. The three of them, uh, the, the original show. Yeah. Original, yes. Uh, the, uh, the movie's directed by Milos Forman. And according to IMDb, Claude Bukowski leaves the family ranch in Oklahoma for New York, where he is rapidly embraced into the hippie group of youngsters led by Berger. Yet he's already been drafted. He soon falls in love with Sheila Franklin, a rich girl, but still a rebel inside. Now, okay, I hate, <laughs> I hate all of that. But I know. <laughs> but before we get started, because I feel like I can steamroll this episode because Hair is one of my favorite musicals. What is your saga with Hair? Have you seen the show? Do you Have you seen this movie before? Just to touch on something again, what you kind of said was um, how controversial this movie is. And I get I get why. And I'm sure we'll definitely expound upon that um, oh, more. Yes. Um, so, but this movie has always had a special place in my heart because that's how I came to know the music first and foremost. Um, I was trying to, yeah, I was trying to remember. So I think it's when I really started to get into musicals and my gateway was movie musicals. Um, so I was already, yeah, I was about 10. Uh, well, I know I was 10 when I found Jesus Christ Superstar and that changed my life. Um, and I, I luckily, I actually got to see that on a, the big screen here in Nashville last night. Um, it wasn't the first time I've seen it on the big screen, but it was big and loud and it was perfect. And the I got ori- Ted- the original one where they're in the desert. Yeah. Yeah. And I got Ted Neely Jesus to do a video intro for that, uh, somehow, just like I got Maxwell Caulfield to do a video intro for Greece too, when they showed that a few weeks ago and he, and Maxwell said my name. Anyway, I'm totally derailing here back to hair. We're here for hair. I had to talk about that, though. Of course, we had to bring him Um, up. We had to. I always have to bring up Maxwell Caulfield. Um, But anyway, yeah, so I rented the the movie. I was like 10 uh, because it is rated PG. And, you know, so none the wiser. You also have to remember this was um, this movie came out before there was the PG-13 rating Mm because, like, you see boobs in this movie. (laughs) Yeah, and ass and drug and ass. use, yes, and sexual terms that uh, I I don't I don't remember. It was funny because I don't think I asked 
my dad. I, I was with my dad. I remember because it was the week. It was a weekend he had me. And so you didn't he, ask what sodomy meant. Or any thank, thank any God of the lyrics in that song? No, thank God I didn't. Can you imagine? Or or I I didn't. Sodomy. <laughs> oh my God! What's that fellatio? Just, yeah. That would have been even, I mean, they thought it was awkward when I was into the Rocky Horror Picture Show a few years later, but that would have been worse. But that, it was really funny, because I, I remember, and I think he was okay with it, because he, had, he hadn't seen it, and because it was PG, and we were just going by, like, 1990s PG standards, <laughs> which this is not, and because I just love musicals, mm-hmm. and um, and I he was like, I mean, he wasn't watching it with me. But I started it. That song came on. I had no idea what Wolf was singing about. Um, <laughs> and but I I, I kind of dug it. You know, as a ten year old though, you don't really grasp on. I didn't really know the background of the Vietnam War, or really any sort of hippie counterculture. Um, and apparently, I think I got kind of bored with it. <laughs> Unfortunately, I was ten. By the way, I, I got That's... bored with it once Hud's fiance shows up, which I waited especially re-watching this on the end credits to see if she had a character name she doesn't she doesn't it's hud's fiance and she was created again for the movie anyway so there you go but um i remember stopping or maybe because it made me really sad and that that little boy that's with her is so and then when they cut to him and he's got the tear so i you know and I, i don't know and then i think i felt like as a 10 year old that maybe I shouldn't be watching that because of those things that I didn't understand. All I know is, you know, we rented it from Blockbuster or Hollywood video. Mm-hmm. And my dad, I think it's when I went back to my mom's, then my dad watched it to see what I was watching. Oh, yeah. shit. And then he said, yeah, you don't need to be watching that. I was like, okay. And so like five years later, it's again, it was at my dad's house. It was on one of the, it was HBO or something, one of those movie channels. Mm-hmm. And I was watching it again. And as a 15 year old, I just, then I watched the whole thing and I was like, this is amazing. I, I mean, the main thing that got me was the music. And that was all I knew of hair for the longest time was that movie. Um, I eventually did see an in concert version in Dayton, Ohio, when I was there. And that was the first time I heard like all of the songs. Uh, and that was really well done. And I did see a really good production of it in Nashville. They did it in 2018, which completely made me fall in love with it. And that kind of made me take a deep dive into hair. And another, yeah. I've, I've got to, I've got to derail just again, just very briefly, but it is hair related. Okay. Um, Cause I was lucky enough. I got a chance. I didn't think I would because I didn't think I could afford it. But the Into the Woods tour was here in town last week. Um, I really wanted to see it, especially because Gavin Creel is in yes. it. So anyway, I, they weren't going to do a ticket lottery or anything because I had asked. But the opening night, the the Tennessee Performing Arts Center messaged me and says, Hey, Tyler, we've got two free tickets for the balcony front row. Do you want them? And I was like, absolutely. And I called my best friend and I told her, I said, I know this is super last minute. Um, and, she, and I told her, she's like, oh, no. Yeah. And I said, okay, I'm going to come pick you up. We're going to park here. Anyway, and we parked in the garage that I parked in where I was doing Pirates of Penzance at that theater with the opera um, uh, last month and to see if my discount code would still work. And it did. 
<laughs> so he didn't even have to pay for parking. But anyway, so Gavin's in this and is amazing. Uh, for anyone listening who isn't familiar with that connection, he played Claude in the 2009 Broadway revival, uh, which you may or may not be able to find a bootlegged video of on YouTube. What? Yeah. What are you talking about? Hey, that's what got me through COVID or being indoors, you know, having to, I didn't have COVID, but you know, when I was missing theater, I was watching that. Um, <laughs> anyway, so he's in it. We waited behind, we waited at the stage door. And of course, everybody knows Into the Woods is a super long show. And he was tired. He comes out, everybody's screaming. And he was super nice. He just said, like, okay, thank you guys. He said, I'm sorry, I'm not signing anything tonight because I was really wanting to get a selfie with him because mm-hmm. I love him. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, thank you, you know. And then we're walking back. And then he's walking with two other cast members. And of course, that's like the performer's garage, I guess. And we tried to stay back so he didn't think we were like stalking him. But anyway, we get there. <laughs> And to get in, to get on the elevator, to get to the different levels, you have to scan a QR code because it's it's locked because it's on the street downtown Nashville. They're trying to keep, you know, uh, people out, you know, certain people, you know. So uh, they didn't know how to open the door. And I go up with my iPhone and I, and I get it. And he's like, how did you do that? And I'm like, oh, well, it's, you know. And then I was on the elevator with Gavin Creel. <laughs> Did you be and like, so, can you sing me some hair, please? Thank you. I really <laughs> wanted to. Yeah. Uh, I was just trying. I was like, try, it was like the total, like, play cool, play cool, you know. Can and we get a few I, verses of Manchester, England, please? And Manchester, thank you. England, England. Yeah. And uh, yeah, because I was telling him that he just thought it was so cool that I was in Pirates of Penzance. And I thought it was so cool that I was on an elevator with Gavin Creel. I hate you so much. I know. Oh, you're about to hate me even more. Um, so we get to the level that we're on. I don't remember what I said. I think, I, you know, and I was just being where you're overly, overly complimentary. I was like, oh, yeah, we just really loved it. We lo-, And he was like, oh, I bet you did with Pirates of Pins. I said, no, I love that. I said, well, we love the show. And I did kind of like, you know, gulp. And, and I said, I have to tell you, I have loved you for a long time, mostly because of your Claude in hair. And he stopped and he touched me on the shoulder. I hate you. I know. And he said, that was my favorite show I've ever done. And he's done how many, you know, Book of Mormon, every waitress, everything, you know. And I literally just like melted. And I really, really wanted to ask him for a selfie, but I knew I, I just couldn't do it. So anyway, and they got in their rental cars or whatever. And I'm walking with my best friend to my car. And then I just very like, I was like, Gavin Creel just touched me. She's like, be cool. Just wait. <laughs> like, and we get to my car. We're in. Doors are locked. And I squealed. And uh, yeah. So that was that was even better than a selfie. So uh, I was trying to think of like my journey with hair. Yeah. Not the same as yours. I would <laughs> be, be something, wouldn't it? Yeah. We're going to get really personal right now. I guess we're just telling stories about hair because whatever, everyone's seen this movie. We can get into mm-hmm. the movie in a bit, but like real quick. Um, so when I was in high school, I went to a summer camp for the arts um, where like you could pick a major and a minor. Uh, and it was like either like band, chorus, paint, uh, art, painting, sculpture, and then they also had musical theater. And I believe that was my first time seeing hair 
I mean, also it was done by older kids. You know, we were mm-hmm. 16 and up maybe, or 15 and up. Um, that makes it a little bit better. <laughs> well, I mean, and, all, and also while at this camp, when you did the show, they only, they cut it down to an hour and a half. So mm-hmm. like they cut a lot of stuff out. Um, so I think that was my introduction to hair and I got into the show and then I found the movie hated the movie i mean i don't i don't hate the movie i think i did and then i think i liked it and now i think i'm just indifferent about it these days Mm. um because they changed a lot in the movie yeah from the stage version for starters claude and sheila are (laughs) not part of the tribe initially yeah they made they made claude from oklahoma and he was i mean they kept the, the draft part correct Mm -hmm. but uh yeah and i was just like oh and then obviously they cut a lot of songs out um Mm -hmm. they actually apparently were filmed but we still haven't ever seen them yeah because i have the uh, the film's album yeah me too and they're on there and i was like where are i mean frank mills is one one of one of the songs that i love from the show i don't know why but oh i love it because it's gorgeous and it's so it's It's so innocent and it's very visual it really you really just it really kind of invokes a lot of visual visualization when you're listening to it and like um i i understand i believe it's a moment like for the rest of the cast to like go off and breathe a little bit and do maybe a costume change because then they get into the the be in um mm-hmm. the uh act one finale but i was just listening to it from the revival cast actually because i mm-hmm. saw the revival where mm-hmm. at the end of the show they invite everyone to come on stage mm-hmm. and it was amazing like Ugh. it was so, so jealous <sighs> Yes, but so there I, you go. Gavin Creel did not touch my shoulder. So oh, well, um, I've got that at least. <laughs> you have, but since yeah. your initial introduction, you said you have seen the show before. Yeah. So I was I was back I was living back home in, in at the time in my hometown of Cookville, Tennessee. Uh I was about to be coming back. Uh and I had some friends, right? You know, it's seen that a local company here was doing it. And it's 2018, I believe. I drove up on a Sunday, which is not, I mean, it's not a long drive. I go back home like every other weekend. But I mean, specifically to see hair. And uh, I knew one or two people that was in it. because, and, and I knew that this company would do, they wouldn't, um, they do it the way it was supposed to be done. I, I, I don't know. It's getting a little late for me. I'm trying to put my words together. Did they but, get naked? Yes. Yes, they did. And I was such like, and I looked like such a pervert because again, as these people, I wasn't living back here yet. And I'd been gone for a long time. And I wasn't thinking when I got the ticket, I got front row. Center. <gasps> oh shit. <laughs> and I'm saying, so I look like the perviest person in which I am in some cases, but I try not to, you know, let that be known in public. But I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, oh, they really, okay, yeah, wow, okay. And then, mm, well, um, so they did. Even Claude got naked. Everyone um, did. Well, so, yeah. well, yeah. and watching this movie for this purpose, mm. they have the skinny dipping scene, which 
I was like, is this them paying homage? Well, they're not really skinny dipping. They get down um, where everyone's wearing. Wait, no, the. No, the, the well, Claude. No, not Claude. Uh, Cla- Burger, Hud, and Wolf. Wolf get, get naked, naked, but then yeah. Claude and Sheila have underwear on. Sheila does well, she go goes topless. Topic. Yeah. But she has, you know, panties on. Panties. And yeah. so I was like, is this them, like, kind of paying homage? I've always kind of thought that. You know, because why else? Why else would they have the nudity? That scene, yeah, and then yeah. And I guess it was because me, I was watching it on Blu-ray tonight. I mean, which I've had the Blu-ray for, or I guess it was a bigger screen. But I was like, you can see more than just their asses when they do that. But, oh yeah. See, I told you I'm the perviest person in the world. But I am the filthiest person alive. Well, yeah. so what's what's interesting about the stage version, which. Mm-hmm is called <laughs> i love the name of it it's called hair the american tribal love rock musical and yes. so when they get naked at the end of act one it's part of the uh the protest that's happening mm-hmm. um it kind of makes sense because yeah just a protest and they're hippies yeah. and everything and it's but all in- of 30 seconds at the most and it's usually done in very low lighting and it it's really sort of um yeah, even though I joke about that and everything, it wasn't really a sexual thing. It it was very sobering, I think, to see right. people just shed these costumes, literally, and you're just stuck with that image because you have a 15-minute intermission. So and, it's much and, more than that, yeah. And, like, the song itself, um, the be-in, is amazing. Like, I, yeah. I really like the music of the show. And so... What happened when it translated into a film, Mm -hmm. they had to justify things, I feel like. So, like, they changed Claude and Sheila's stories. Mm -hmm. Claude is going to New York to... I don't understand. I I don't... See, that's the thing is, why does he have to go to New York? From Oklahoma and then go to Nevada? Wherever the fuck Yeah, they they go to Nevada. And it's... um, There were army centers oh like there would be one in oklahoma no or did he just want to go for a new york trip like to see new york before but even that's not really i I mean i love this movie i really i will say i mean this this film this movie is really one of my favorite films of all time and i understand it is deeply flawed okay Uh, great oh yeah Yeah, no it's not perfect by any means but there's a feeling that i get from it and I've watched it many times, but I, even rewatching it tonight, I kind of thought, in a way, though, there's moments where it does seem like they, okay, they changed the storyline and they did things to, yeah, to kind of try to justify it into a film narrative. But even that doesn't really, sometimes the songs, they're trying to, they don't really fit kind of what's happening in the story or they've been reused, like, don't put it down is in there, but it's it's uh instrumental uh-huh. when they're, cha- when they're <laughs> stealing. They the have, there's there's guy. a there's a song that I don't think. Hold on, let me make sure. Uh, oh, that somebody to love song is is was written for the movie, and that's uh, okay. Great, because I I there is an album. I, I you probably you probably have this, but listeners, there is an album called Disinherited, which I is love that yeah the cut songs from a lot of the stage shows i mean yeah. uh or they're different versions of... yes yeah, so, some 
some of them are extended versions mm -hmm. some of them are i really love that if yeah if anybody wants to do like a deep dive into hair like i did that's that's also it's... where you have to go because it's the creators um it's also some interesting things where it's basically some of the dialogue from the show but like put to music like mm -hmm. um there's a great example of that is um i dig and that's uh genie talking about claude in the show and in on that album it's just put to music and then um there's like the sheila franklin's really fleshed out it's kind of an alternative mm -hmm. ending with eyes look your last that you hear in flesh failures and let the sunshine in in the show so yeah, yeah so great album one of the things i really love about this movie though is that they changed the ending i mean okay so i'm going to forgive them for changing claude and sheila because they had to they needed some sort yeah. of conflict and mm -hmm. but like i mean the imdb summary is correct in that she kind of is a rebel because you see her smoking a roach during her debutante party or whatever yeah um, whatever the hell that is um yeah. and then you know when burger flirts with her um in the car ride which i was just like what the fuck is happening but i know it's kind of uncomfortable because he like keeps he keeps it and then she's saying she's no like, and then she's like okay like yeah. when he gets a little further so i don't know but the end of the yeah. movie they have burger the hippie mm -hmm. uh trade places with claude and in doing so he's the one that goes to vietnam now i think this movie is supposed to take place in 1968 or like 1970 something like that yeah because the on his, vietnam on his... was done by the time was oh over. yeah yeah and uh, so on yeah i noticed that tonight too on burger's tombstone at the end um it says 1968 which why is it burger's tombstone why isn't it Claude's name? They on figured that? it out. They figured out it was Burger after you know why they couldn't figure out he wasn't Claude. Um, well, so before, okay, yeah. Which I well, I get. You know what? I get it because it's there's so many of them, you know, and it's like they're all there to go to war. I was gonna say like this yeah. movie is also like an indictment on the military system, the army. And everything in a way but i it was making commentary on it because like yeah. there's that where you're a number another body that you're going to be sacrificed at some yeah. point yeah but or I think... my favorite is black boys and white boys segment. <laughs> that's so and it's so interesting the way it's done here that it intercuts with the army officers and i as a 10 year old i found that very interesting uh and then it it makes sense you know i mean that they've got the best job there looking at these young men come in uh well they've got poor michael jeter at the beginning with his painted toenails <laughs> but it's really interesting well the one thing i was going to say too about that the film version does make a good commentary yeah, on on the military and being just a number where even if this is a completely different person, they it, to them it's still Claude Bukowski. At least if there's only one song in the film version that was perfectly translated based on the song, I think it is the final song. Um, just for the mm. fact of 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 the reason of Berger singing, you know, I believe in God and God believes in Claude. That's me. That's me. When he's singing that. 
It's so heartbreaking. It still made me tear up, and I've watched it a million times. Anytime that version of the song comes up on my music, I I just I get chills. Um, and it's so traumatic that ending. It because it and it's so uh, it's just chilling. Because just imagine if you were, you know, just yeah, dicking around, and then oh, and just because he's so fun loving and he never takes anything seriously. Okay, I'm just gonna switch out with my buddy in the army. Oh shit! And then he's like, you see it on his face. That's Treat Williams also just makes this this movie. I mean, he, I can't imagine anybody else's burger um, other than the original Jerry Ragney who wrote it, but. As as for a film version, Treat Williams is just it. I also thought what they did with Electric Blues and the B in also yeah. translated well because that's my favorite sequence. Yeah, yeah, because that I mean they are protesting, but they're also um, high as fuck at that moment. Oh yeah, and that's I mean that's my favorite specific. Yeah, just those two together. That's my favorite sequence because the way it's filmed, it's so nightmarish. It's so it's trippier than anything in Tommy, for sure. Yes, and, and it's it's so I can't even put it into words. But every time I watch it, I'm just completely focused in the choreography. I mean, Twyla Tharp, just it's just amazing and she's and then they're flying and then it's it's just yeah what i found out so um in black boys one of the soul one of the female singers is Mm -hmm. Lori beachman who yeah we have a theater named after her here in new york and i was just like what the fuck i mean i probably didn't pay i never paid attention to the ending credits i'm not gonna lie well but... no, i just noticed that tonight i just noticed her name just tonight in in that yeah 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 and i was like holy shit i played at your theater and it's laurie beachman yeah and then i've known about this one for a while but in um ain't got no one of the the white guy is uh the soloist is kurt yajin who it was in the Jesus Christ Superstar movie as Annas, oh. the uh, secondary high priest. Um, he was also he's also played Judas at least in, in productions before and after that. But and let's um, not forget about Nell Carter. Oh, Nell Carter! How? Oh my God! And Charlotte Ray is. I know Mrs. Garrett. So you were talking about how um, uh, uh, Hud's fiance doesn't have a name. She doesn't have a name either. She's just well, woman in pink. Yeah, I know that's what they named her. But I, she on the soundtrack, she had a song, "My Conviction," which in the stage show they named the character Margaret Mead, which um, it's a woman who, it, yeah, in the stage show it's yeah, it's, yeah, uh, yeah. It's usually played by a man, yeah. but I didn't know yeah. that really. So that's interesting because I never knew. So they filmed that. She's on the album singing it. So I think that she was supposed to be playing a man pretending to be a woman. Well, well, and then it looks like with this final cut or whatever we got, they Mm -hmm. completely cut out all of her dialogue and made her just be like a featured extra, but also Charlotte Ray. Oh, yeah, because you can't, I mean, Mrs. Garrett's dancing on the table with Burger. I mean, (laughs) but she's, and the song, I mean, her, 
it's a really interesting orchestration that on the film as well uh because it's this big orchestra behind her and uh another one that i just really hate that they cut was air um, um and because that really was annie golden genie's signature song and i think and there there's like a photo or two on imdb at least that you can see the sequence of that was of them going to the party and they're like basically dancing on top of taxi cabs that are like in a stand in standstill traffic so that would, I mean, I, there's the, and they've re-released this movie so many times. I mean, that was this like second Blu-ray edition I had bought that Olive Films put out a few years ago. I had the MGM version before that. I had the DVD. They constantly reissue it. And yet we have never once gotten any of those cut scenes as, as a bonus feature. And I don't know why. Because they filmed them. Yeah. It's so weird. Maybe they burned them. They used to do that a lot. Uh, Burn I know, the prints, but, I, but they have the audio track. Maybe. I mean, I would hope by 79 they would have started preserving some more things. But And then, now, and then you know, Milos did, he passed away how many years ago? It's been a few years now. But, uh, yeah, it's really, I remember he put, I mean, because he put out his director's cut of Amadeus, which is my number two favorite movie of all time. But um, I find the director's cut of that was a tad bit too long um i really love a director's cut of hair that had everything back I in you love know? this because, i don't care if it's three hours I, I want it you know because like i know i know outside of this podcast or sometimes even on this podcast i complain about the that we're in the remake and reboot era mm-hmm. of culture and i was like we're watching this i was like i feel like we could remake this Oh, totally. Yeah, I feel. And... I feel like we can make it closer to the stage show, because I mean, I know we really focus on what seven people, or something like that. Like in the show, there's like really seven people or eight people. Yeah, it's about. Yeah, it's about. It's yeah. a. It's not even double digits, but like. Yeah. I. That's what I really missed is like the tribe, vibe, and I don't mean to write. Yeah, but it like like yeah. it, it feels like for this movie they really only got permission to film in central park and like a few other places in new york city mm-hmm. but there's so many scenes in central park and i was just like this is new york like you could go elsewhere i think yeah that's that's yeah i mean there's times where it does feel like that. It does still feel kind of constrained, even though it should be more, you know, um, like central park is huge. And I could tell you where they are in some scenes because like, for example, Manchester, England happens Mm -hmm. right by Bethesda fountain, which is like where Mm -hmm. everyone does. There's so many, everyone films there, but uh, Manchester, England, I'm black and got no, Mm-hmm. Uh, those two songs are filmed there. This is also it's also the the angel statue that is used in. Hold on, my brain is working. I know it. Do you angels know in it? America? Oh well, yes, but as far as movie musicals go, Godspell. It's the beginning of God. Yes, yes. I'm sorry, <laughs> I. I'm I'm I actively black out some of these it's movies okay. that I cover. Uh, 
Oh, I love Godspell. But anyway, it's yeah. Another thing too, I was thinking, you know, and I'm fine with that. I I really wish somebody would remake Evita personally Mm. uh, as a film that was with a with a person who could sing and act at the same time. Yeah, yeah, that'd be nice. And that was again somewhat closer to the stage version, you know, even the newer one. That's fine. But no, it's with hair. It is kind of interesting. It's it's the stage, you know, the stage show as it is. It's not. I don't want to say abstract, but it's not. Obviously, does not have a you know strict kind of linear filmic narrative. So I get where they kind of had to you know, modify it that way. Much in the way that Godspell is on stage. I mean, Godspell has no set, you know, described. I mean, right. that's why you can do it. However, um, I I I do like the movie version of Godspell. Um, it's interesting that they were able to use New York and, you know, void of people, uh, kind of like the Wiz, you know, did. But yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, because even then the stage show, like you said, it... You had that ensemble feel, even though it it really does focus. I mean, Claude is the main character. Yeah, and know, he in, is the head of the of tribe. Yeah, but in the stage show, he's the head of the tribe. Yeah, but you in the stage show, you do get a bit more of an ensemble feel, like you said. Because they're so. It's, I think it comes down to like, huh? They're all on stage at the same time. Well, that's not... the thing too, and that's easier to do that in a stage show than right than a movie. Than a movie. So that's what it comes down to. It's it's like how do you find the right balance there to translate something that was written specifically for the stage to film and not lose the original intention, the original power that it had. And it's hard to do. Um I really wish so to to go a, a little more into the the show history, um mm-hmm. I was I, I was reading about it that uh, or rereading that the that hair the stage version opened up the public theater here in New York where mm. um it was still un- under construction at the time and that was like the first big show that came out of the public theater um mm. you probably have also heard of these other little shows like a chorus line like <laughs> Hamilton, ooh, uh, those little those little ditties. But hair was like the first one yeah. that it did that. It premiered in October 1967 uh, at the Public, and then it moved to the Broadway. I'm trying to find the date. Hold, please. <laughs> January 68. It opened. Okay. No, wait. I lied to you. Hold on. The London production might have opened first in 68 before, Sorry. Right before the Broadway. It opened on Broadway in April 1968. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, it went, it went on from there. But my other fun factoid about this is that Diane Keaton was in the stage version. Yes. Yeah. Originally. Th- she was one of the Black Boys singers. I think Richard Gere might have been in the ensemble in the L.A. Probably. Well, because Joe Bryath, a very underrated, still unknown, very short-lived glam rock star, he was Wolf in the L.A. production. And then Ted Neely, again, Jesus and Jesus Christ superstar of the film, was Claude in the L.A. production. And we only recently, a couple years ago, they recorded I'm... a... 
yeah, seeing they... James Ray- Rado did the LA production. Maybe, maybe well, Ted Neely did. Like no, a he started. Yeah, no, I think James Rado started it. Of course, he was right. Claude. I mean, he was the original. And he wrote yeah. it and everything. Just like Jerry Ragney really was Burger. I mean, those roles were them basically. Um, and then you know, in the LA production, a little-known actor named Ben Vereen played HUD. So, oh, that's right. Right, Ben Vereen was HUD in that one. Yeah, before, and then he was Judas in Jesus Christ Superstar on Broadway in that original Broadway. It's funny, though, and it's the funniest thing is those two shows were were like interwoven with each other, Hair and Jesus Christ Superstar. The fact that those are my two favorites. I was a hippie in the 70s in my previous life. And I was in, and I was in productions. Yeah. Of, I was floating from a production of Hair to a production of Jesus Christ Superstar I, back and forth. So, and I'm looking at the Wikipedia page, that 2009 revival that we were talking about, mm-hmm. there was one at the public theater in 2008 that then mm. got moved to the Broadway, um, okay. where Jonathan Groff played Claude, um, and Patina Miller was the Aquarius soloist. Hmm. Uh, uh, and also Karen Lynn Tackett played Sheila, but basically all the other people who... Sp- Start in the Broadway one, transferred over, um, except nice. for those three names, though they're switched them obviously. Mm. But yeah, I mean, this show is amazing, and like I, I know people have at least heard of some of the songs from this movie and show yeah. and everything. Like Aquarius became a a pop song. Um, yeah. The Flesh Failures, Let the Sunshine In also became like a, a pop song. And I believe Good Morning Starshine. Yes. Before I even, one. before I knew that that was from this show, because like I said, we have to, like I said, when I was 10 and I first watched it, I stopped it halfway through. Um, so I knew Good Morning Starshine because um, it was a 60s recording. I think his name was just Oliver. So not the musical. But it's this, <laughs> it's this very like psychedelic. I have I haven't listened to that in ages. I need to look it up. But um, and I didn't know it was from Hair. Uh, you had that. Nina Simone did "Ain't Got No." She did a a, a good version of that. I mean, Aquarius um, is also in the Forty Year Old Virgin, I believe, at the very end. Yeah, that's what that movie. I've actually never seen it. It's one of those like Will Ferrelly, Steve Carell yeah, movie, yeah. comedy movies. It's one of those. Um, I and really I know in, I want to say, I'm seeing it. Oh, in the, <laughs> fuck. In the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory movie with uh, Johnny Depp. Yeah, Johnny does, Depp. Yeah. He does say, good morning, starshine. The earth says hello. I like, forgot about that. Because I tried like, to forget about that movie. <laughs> oh, God, we all do. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about before we get into Sharp and Flat? I mean, we kind of went all over, <laughs> much <laughs> like the stage version. I mean, that's only appropriate, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, totally. Um, I don't know. I feel like if I do, I'm going to go on for too long. And then maybe anything I would talk about, I do need to say for Sharps and Flats. So, okay. So let's get into Sharp and we Flat. we should just do that. Yeah. Let's get into Sharp and Flat, shall we? Mm-hmm. Sharp flat. So in this section, we're going to highlight some moments, whether or not we talked about it. If we liked it, it's sharp. And if we didn't like it or thought it could change, it's flat. Now, 
I want to break my rules right now that <laughs> nobody really cares about. And I want to start with a natural that I figured out for this movie. So every once in a while, I have what I like to call a natural, which is neither a sharp nor a flat, but it's still, it's like somewhere in the middle and it's mixed emotions and all that. And for mm. me, my natural is Burger. Like, okay. I hated him in the car with Sheila and like, you know, there's <laughs> yeah. some conversations that I'm just like, what are you, wh- why are you gaslighting mm. me? Why are you, like when he convinces um claw to give him the 50 bucks and he bailed i mean he does deliver i'll give him that but i'm just like but we don't know that we don't know that and then didn't know that but like on the flip side i can see the appeal of burger being like he he is such a smooth talker Um, oh yeah he's he's handsome and like yes he is (laughs) and like he's also just so effervescent in a way where but like also but also he delivers at the end of the movie where he tries to be like we came here to see you let's have a picnic not knowing Mm. of the protest song that happens over the loudspeakers which i don't understand how that happens but we're going i'm I'm okay with it yeah i try not to question that anymore i'm like it's whatever but yeah burger for sure like i said earlier treat williams just makes this movie to me um if it wasn't for him i do really like john savage as claude we'll get into that later but yeah um it's really interesting burger can feel for me at least a little uncomfortable some for various reasons but it's very confrontational yeah. And, and not confrontational at the same time, but the way he will get into these arguments and then he can make things happen. Like you said, it's a very smooth talker and he is very handsome and it almost feels uh, wrong or whatever because it's hair to say that I really have a crush on him when he gets his hair cut, you know, to sneak into the army base. But whatever I do, but it get it's... rid of that little dead raccoon that is attached to his head or whatever. I know because that that wig is so bad. I hope that was it is good. It was it was. Uh, I think I remember him talking about that like on the commentary or something that's that's on there. But um, it's it's really interesting because you can just be like, oh my god. I mean, it gets so uncomfortable, and it's like then he'll get he finally gets in a situation where he can't turn it around. He with the guard at the army base, of course. Like yeah, you. You are not going to get Pat. This is the U.S. Army. You're not going to get. You're not going to win this one. But then he's so smart in the way he figures these things out, and he's got such a heart. You know, he's got such a good heart behind it because he can be kind of like uncomfortable and conniving. You really realize though, he's just he loves life and he loves the people that are in his life, even people that he just met, like Claude. I mean. It's this integration that is really I th- that's that's probably the main reason I love this movie version because they change Claude so drastically and Sheila, but they're just totally like welcomed in and right. It's not even though they don't agree with him signing up to go to war. I mean, they don't, you know, they respect him enough and he respects them enough. So I think 
I don't know. Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself with one of these. I guess this is my sharp. Uh, that was my great because I was trying to go. Let's get into sharp. Well, okay, then we'll get into. Yeah, this is a sharp for me. I mean, it's it's um, very. It's just kind of that that sense. I I guess that's why I love this. I love the music. I love the show because it's very celebratory of life and just of people and then and then being here together. I mean, it's just very a very hippie-ish message, but love, you know, it's and that's what it's about. The movie, you know, by taking these different approaches to uh, to Claude and to Sheila, um, it does make it more interesting. But if you kind of step back and see that it's really about this integration of people from different backgrounds and they do come together, they do care enough about each other. And it ends very, unfortunately, very tragically, um, because yeah. it was it was like the final game that Berger got himself into that he couldn't get out of. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So my sharks are a little different. I didn't go as cerebral as you did. I didn't think I would, but hey, that's what you get after uh, when it's close. To my time. Shh, it's fine. We won't. We won't talk about that. Um, so my shark. <laughs> you edit that part out. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna just beep it um so i first of all sharp charlotte ray i mean for oh, yeah. being a named person that they gave no name to and she's <laughs> visible phys- like she is mm-hmm. in the shot it's not like you know she's just an extra she is the part of the action and in it i'm like <laughs> and she has zero lines of dialogue i love it um oh, yeah. i also am sharping the commentary on the army that we talked about um mm. because it is just so funny now thinking about it being like yeah it is kind of weird that you all are sitting in a and at tables in a line looking at men who are naked sounds like a great job to me but like if i would have known it was that yeah at the time and then yeah. with don't ask don't tell and blah 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 you know so it was very interesting the commentary. Um, yeah. I am. I also want to sharp the staging slash choreography. I don't know how to call it for where do I go. Oh yeah, that one. I I was like, okay, you understand this. And then it was later copied in across the universe, mm. um, and maybe other movies that I can't think of off the top of my head because it's blah do o'clock right now. Um, <laughs> I. I'm also going to sharp the officiant uh, doing the dance costume change uh, mm. in in uh, Electric Blues. Oh, yes. And then she starts I, quoting. I think, isn't, isn't that Twyla? Maybe. I think it is. Now, when I was really young, I thought that was Angelica Houston. I don't know but who it not. is. I think it's Twyla. I think I really do think that's Twyla herself. Yeah. Okay. Um, Someone can correct me. When they're listening to this, if I'm wrong, but I'm like 75% sure I'm right on that. Let's see. If Actually, I... yeah. If, if only we had something like the internet and the internet movie database that I could, you know, look, look up. That up. <laughs> um, I think because see, that was one good thing about the most recent Blu-ray edition. Um, like I said, unfortunately, we didn't get the um, deleted scenes, but we did get some nice interviews uh commentary track with treat williams and somebody else i want to say um one of the like a cinematographer or something but that it was really interesting 
Um, let me see. All right, let me uh, let me finish up my sharps then. While you yeah, you go you ahead can... and do that. Yeah. Um, I also want to sharp uh, electric blues and be in that whole segment because it's so good. Um, sharping easy to be hard because my God, that woman. Yeah. Oh. Um, and then finally, I want to sharp Jeannie. Like we didn't really talk about her, but in the um like she has some great innocent lines that i really liked like uh right before or when right as claude is about to take acid um she's (laughs) like hey so i'm preggers and you're about to go into the army why don't we get married so you don't have to go to the army and i was like yeah that's actually sweet Uh, for somebody that you met yesterday yeah. To be like, let's get married so you don't die. Um, yeah, that's I, what I'm saying. Yeah, it's just, they're beautiful people. Yeah, yeah. Did you figure that's out if that was Twilight Tharp? I'm not seeing it. Uh, let me see. I'm trying to see. There's so many cast members listed. Oh, I think she is credited as Lady in White. Maybe. No, lady in what? Because well, yeah, because we got Charlotte Ray's Lady in Pink. Yeah, I don't know who it is. Uh, I don't even think they've got it on the uncredited. Um, no. Um. All right, let's get to flats then. (laughs) I wrote. Okay, this is this is a dumb one, but Diane Keaton wasn't in the movie. Well, hey, as a flat, yeah. Um. I also didn't like, and I'm I'm making a hard stand on this. I didn't like that they changed Claude and Sheila's stories so much. Yeah. Because it changes the show. It changes the meaning of the show. I mean, yes, you still get that whole uh, love, love is love, love life, you know, and what you were talking about earlier with your shark. But I was just like, this... I mean, the mm-hmm. Sheila is a protester, and that's in the goddamn song, Sheila Franklin. <laughs> yeah, with hers especially, I think. Yeah. Character change because of that. And then my last flat is that it's too clean of a movie. Like, yeah, okay. yeah, New York is too clean. They're too clean. One of Berger's first lines is that he hasn't eaten in two days. Like, come on. And then he's they're sleeping at the pavilion also in Central Park. I could point it out to you mm-hmm. if you ever come over here. Uh and, <laughs> and I'm like, you're too clean. And then there's moments where I was looking at the hippies' costumes and there was like rhinestones and bedazzling. Yeah. I was like, why is this there? That's yeah. too theatrical. So they're too clean. Uh, what are your That's, flats? Uh, well, I've noticed that before, like the ensemble, the hippies, but those costumes, again, I wouldn't know. I wasn't there, but they do seem to be a bit inauthentic just from what we've seen, yeah. you know, in actual historical photos. And it is odd because that's only about 10 years after, you know, but I think it was such, so much had happened in that 10 years that it, to come to it and make this like a period piece was kind of uh odd then um like I'm the, sorry, the i was gonna say the woman in aquarius who does tai chi i was like i don't think that's 60s 
No. I think I that's more seventies. And I like love even the dancing horses, yeah. And even at the end, uh, when they're all marching on Washington protesting, I was like, a lot of you look like your seventies punks. Now that I've wondered, I've always read that as being it that's supposed to be the people of today or that time oh interesting like i thought we were still i thought we were still in the way they're dressed and everything and i i i think the way i've always interpreted it is it cuts from the tribe standing at you know george's burger's grave Mm -hmm. and then it cuts to that and it's just kind of um saying that that feeling persists of let the sun shine in and and wanting justice and you know making your voice heard so that's how i've always seen it in the movie that because we we don't you know we we're done with our main characters this is just a group of now we're just commenting on life on present day life quote unquote yeah i think and it's just saying i think the to me the way i read it at least is that that's the mess the message is still strong it's still relevant it's still you know just that's the reason the whole the show is still relevant that you know so that's i guess a sharp for me but flats yeah i've got i've got i mean i've got a few flats with this i mean i think they cut out some of the best songs luckily we have them on the album but again and they were supposedly all filmed we it would be nice to just have those i mean i could cut them back in you know i love out of the both times you come on you can you're like my biggest complaint <laughs> is that we've had all these anniversary dvds of but it's both true. topics you've talked about and they cut things out or they don't have things that you're like why isn't there a 40th anniversary um documentary on greece too why what happened well, why to all this there? yeah 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 I, i'm just saying I, I love that that's your those are your flats usually. well basically because i love these movies so much i want more i want everything i can get i have literal dreams that still to this day at least once a week well, maybe not that often, but a, a lot of times that they have somehow found all the missing footage from the wizard of oz you know the original two-hour cut that mm. we will never get because that's from 39 but i have dreams still so i guess that's just movies i love i want you know it's these movies that i watch over and over again i want even more and when we know that that was filmed but also um i think you know again it, it, like you said earlier it, really that that footage may not still exist and it might have been lost or something right so. over the years uh, yeah. what, are, what other flats do you have? I agree more so about not liking that she I, I, Sheila's character was changed so drastically. Claude, I know that's a big point of contention, you know, with with people in the movie version. I personally feel like in the film it works. Um, again, it works somewhat. Let's say somewhat it works for me. Rewatching it today, yeah. I was like, Claude just seems so not there. Because, like, he ha- he oh, barely yeah. talks, yeah. it feels like. And, and when he, he does, like he's, like, yeah. he's like, I'm a good old country boy from Oklahoma in the big city for the first time. Blah, blah, blah. No, what that I don't you? like. Yeah, yeah. There could be more to him. I mean, and it's fine that he comes from Oklahoma. It's fine that they had that, you know, um, 
I guess that's the main thing that character if we're, if they were going to go to that that route it, it, the character could be more fleshed out. We should have had more of his motivations, maybe more of an inner struggle with, you know, right? like he has in the show. I mean, in the show when he's drafted, he's like, am I going to go? Am I going to do this? Am I not? You know, and, and it's this battle within himself. We don't get that, right? Yeah. It's, it's, so that's he's maybe, a good old boy. I think that's, yeah, I think maybe that's the, one of the biggest failures of it, not the fact of changing Claude to not already being like the tribe leader or whatever right i think the biggest failure with that is just making him well there's nowhere to go we know he knows he's gonna go to the army we know he's gonna go to the army they i think they try to set up sheila as a possible deterrent like because when they are swimming in that nasty water um she's like why not you're you're leaving yeah yeah, and then he she's like she's oh yeah or or you wouldn't leave or whatever maybe and then you know that's not strong enough to because we know again we know that's not what it is so i think the character could have been better fleshed out i also really and i do but i do like john savage's performance but he could have been given more to do i think that's a big flat for me um i don't know i mean like i said it just as a as a movie i really enjoy it Um, i think as a movie it's fine but i think for us who know about hair the show yeah. and everything it's like i kind of separate the two you know uh, yeah, i love both i think a lot so of people much. do that as well uh now there's some people who just love the show so much and they've been in the show and, and i'm like you know like the facebook group of, like that i'm in that i wish i've never done the show but yeah um but like people just absolutely hate this movie they hate the movie version yes i get i get it you know, and like I said, for me, I think it's easier because this is was my introduction. That's how I got into hair was the movie. But now I know they are just kind of like same title, but separate entities to me. Uh, would you add any of the songs from the movie to your life's playlist? <laughs> I want to say sodomy, but isn't that too obvious? Um, no. Daddy, I, what does sodomy mean? <laughs> thank you. Thank God I did not ask Daddy, that. what is cunnilingus? Daddy, what's... Pederasty. <laughs> Fallatio. Masturbation. <laughs> I was 10. I didn't know any of it, you know. Um, Do you want me to go first while you think? Well, I got... no, I know it, but it's like, it feels just super cliche. To say Aquarius let, and... To say let the sunshine in. See, I don't like this version of it. Really? I do. I really love it. This, this it just... Stirs uh, me. Yeah. I do like the song. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, I feel yeah, yeah. like I don't know. There's something a little off about it. I think though, what I like about the song in the movie is the visuals, mm-hmm. and you see, you know, treat well, like yeah. They they turned it into an acting song, and I really like. That's what I really like about it. So listening to it, I'm not. Although I could visualize it in my my thoughts and my brain and things, and <laughs> but like, I would rather watch it than listen to it. So like, my list yeah. was Aquarius, Electric Blues, Be In, Walking in Space, uh, Easy to Be Hard, and Good Morning Starshine. I think I would definitely do Walking in Space as well. Um, just that there's some lines about. Or that line, oh my god, your skin is soft, I love your face. It's just like, 
which they're on drugs in the show <laughs> but they're singing it but it's just kind of like this oh wow we're here and then the line about how dare they try to end this beauty you know we're all here together and let's just enjoy life you know so i like that and i thought uh, and rewatching this i was like that's an acid flashback that he's having oh yeah and I it's, it's in the show think, they are yeah i mean i know that they're in the show that they're they're Sto- stoned mm-hmm. out of their minds but yeah. i think in the movie it's supposed to be an acid flashback which i didn't realize until today <laughs> i never thought of it that way but yeah yeah uh what other songs oh gosh i mean there's so many great ones i mean you can say the whole album as much as i love it yeah i, w- I still wouldn't say that um i've always really identified with where do i go you know mm. whenever i'm feeling a little bit of an existential crisis myself but like um, do you like is it this version or just in general i think in general but I, I like again i have a soft spot for this version because that's what i knew for the longest time and yeah the arrangement's so different like it is i i and i really again i know that's another controversial point is the arrangement of the songs in this film version yeah, i really yeah, love they, them for the most part you know? like walking in space they definitely cut out a few verses yeah, in the film they did on the on yeah. the album they're there. But I'm saying, like in the film, you're, I, yeah. I I can't remember which one it was specific. I can't remember if it was Walking in Space. Or it was Walking Zero. in Space. Yeah, yeah. They cut it, they cut it down in the film. And I was on, like, yeah, on wait, the album, it's, missing, it's all in there. They're missing a whole chunk of it. <laughs> yeah, because when you listen to the sound, the movie soundtrack album, you're like, the whole it's all there. But um, mm. that and I love three five zero zero it's got such a punch and i think because it's you you really hear the prominently the black voices singing it you know that's why so this music and i think easy to be hard again it would be another one that i would you know yeah that that's the one where you're like i need to feel my feelings yeah and then why are people such dicks sometimes you know um yeah i would say those would probably be the main ones it's just hard i mean just cuz i i generally love every piece of music in this so yeah and on that note tyler we've done did it finally fucking finally i know <laughs> talked I'm about sorry. hair yeah. no 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 it's not your fault it's everyone else's fault who hasn't picked it it's been what 237 other episodes that nobody picked it until now I'm, which is surprising to me i mean because you know definitely the music's well known and everything and and the movie i know i'm not the only one who likes it you know but it's... or has opinions on it you know yeah exactly know. yeah but uh, uh, so i mean if you want to and then again i was like i must have been around in the 70s in another life loving these rock musicals because i love tommy tyler what do you have to plug or promote oh yeah oh what do i have to plug or promote? i guess just my instagram page right now which is just tyler henry actor uh and you'll know it's me if you uh see all the grease 2 posts so big giveaway if you know where the footage is for the cut songs are you sh- let us know we'd love to Please. hear it you can email me at buttersongpod at gmail.com i'm also on facebook instagram twitter and tiktok at buttersongpod um i 
I don't know what is oh what is your hair origin story Tyler and I shared ours I would love to yes. hear how you got into hair dear listener and if you want to be part of the next episode's conversation well we're staying around the same time period and we're going to be doing the blues brothers yeah Tyler, thank you so much for coming back on. And thank you so much for having me. And I really enjoyed this. I, I, it was great to rewatch the the film and it and is gather my thoughts. I mean, it is pleasant, even though you know, I like you can find the flaws in it. I know the flaws in it, and I'm like, yeah. But I'm like, you know, let's I have still... Treat Williams sing in an awful hairpiece wig thing. And like, I still watch... think it's a good movie. I really do. I, in all seriousness, I do think it is a good movie, and it's one of my all-time favorites. And there you go. <laughs> well, you heard it. You heard it here first, everyone. Uh, and thank you for listening. And bye for now. Bye. Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day.